We praised half our service. Hallelujah. That's all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we pray for we get in the word tonight? Father, we just thank you tonight for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the power of your word. We open our hearts tonight. We open our mind tonight to the hearing of the word. Thank you that the Holy Spirit causes faith to rise up and revelation to flow to us tonight so easily. It flows like water to our hearts and we give you praise and thanks for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody that receives that says amen. Praise God. Go over to Mark chapter 5. I'm not going to keep you that long, but um, do have a word for you tonight that I believe will be helpful uh, to you. The word is always such a help, such a guide um, for us, especially in these times. I don't know about you, but I have been uh, so amazed at how the word of God just reads like a script for the day and time that we live in, and there's guidelines and instructions for living guidelines and instructions for living during this time and um, and so I, I believe that what we're going to share tonight is going to help you uh, in just really a practical way before we get over to Mark 5 um, I want to read this verse to you we can put this on the screen in 2nd Timothy 3 and verse 1 in the Amplified Classic it says but understand this that in the last days, how many know we're in the last days? In the last days will come and set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. You know, um, there are so many things happening daily. <laughs> all over the world, in people's lives, in families, in the church, just, you know, just across the board, we see so many things taking place. And what we have to really be watchful about is that we're not trying to think about all these things. Like I said earlier, what God needs from us is our faith. He needs faith from his people. And it's not good or healthy for your faith to try to be thinking about everything that's going on and, and trying to figure out the next steps for everything. Listen, we've got to learn how to handle our thoughts during this time. We're pressing through. This is where we're at. We're in the last days before the coming of the Lord. We've got to press through as the church. But we have to do things wisely. And we've got to watch our thought life that we're not burdened down. And we've got to make sure that we are properly casting things over on the Lord and turning things over to the Lord in faith trusting in him because listen we're going to see and hear a lot of things from here on out that can affect you and pull you into places of fear see the bible warns us that in the last days men's hearts would fail them 
for fear. Fear is a tool by the enemy that's being used right now, and the devil is bringing entire nations under his control, bringing them to their knees through fear. But see, we have to resist that and say, you know what? I understand where this is coming from and I have authority over it and I'm going to walk in authority over it and I'm not going to allow the thoughts of fear to enter into my mind because I'm going to tell you it will pollute your faith. And faith is what we need. Faith in God right now is what we need during this time. Um, let, me read, um, let me read some more scriptures to you. Um, this is going to be real simple tonight. We had a, a young adult Bible study on Friday night, so if you were at that, you're going to hear some, some of the things that we mentioned, but it's okay. It's good for you to hear it again. But, you know, the Lord really uh, spoke this to my heart, and he's really helped me um, with this because I don't know about you, but there were a few days, you know, just within the last few weeks where I just felt overwhelmed. You know what I'm saying? In, in, in your mind, you know, just kind of overwhelmed with things. And the Lord just really spoke to me. He said, you're, you're going to have to simplify and shrink things down in your focus and in your thought life. And I wrote this down. You can write this down in your notes if you want or do whatever you want with it. But I wrote this down. I think this will help you. Simplify your thoughts and put your focus on the main things that God has called you to do and on the things that you're believing and expecting God to do. There's going to be a myriad of things happening in the world. Nations, we're going to see uh, things happen in our environment. We're going to see earthquakes. We're going to see all kinds of, of, of just, because listen, the, the enemy knows his time is short. He's pulling out all the stops. You're seeing this global reset thing, which is nothing but the spirit of Antichrist. And we as the church are standing against that, standing against these things that we see happening around us. But we can't be overwhelmed and we can't be overcome by these things. We have to simplify our focus to the main things that God's called us to do and the things that we're believing and expecting from him. There's a verse, if we could put that slide up there, that first slide. Uh, I want to read you Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 out of the message translation. Is this okay? Is this kind of bearing witness with your heart? I think we need this. I think this is just good wisdom and direction from, from the word of God for our, for our thoughts and how we, we need a strategy. Does that make sense? You know, when you're, when you're going into something, you know, we used to do that when we'd go to Disneyland, you know, and have the, you know, the kids got to that age where they could, you know, go do things on their own a little bit. Well, you know, you don't let them completely go. You have a strategy. Right. Like, you know, at 12 o'clock at noon, you know, meet at the pizza planet or something like that. You know, you, you go in with a strategy. Listen, we're going to, we're going to see so many things take place. We're going to see the enemy bring all kinds of challenges around us. We've got to have a strategy for this. We've got to have a strategy for, for where our thoughts are going to go and bring limitations and boundaries to our thought life. Does that make sense? And we've got to say, you know what, I'm going to stick with the main things. 
sticking with the main things. I'm going to trust God with all of it, but my focus is on the main things. This is so good in Colossians 3, 1 in the message. says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Look at this. Don't shuffle along eyes to the ground or your eyes on the things of the earth. Your focus can't be on the things of the earth. He says, look up and be alert to what is happening or what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Now, I missed a line in this. Look what it says here, absorbed. Eyes to the ground or eyes on the earth absorbed with the things right in front of you. That's what's happening with a lot of people, even a lot of Christians. They're overwhelmed and they're overcome with everything happening around them and they're just absorbed with all the craziness. You know what I'm saying? To the place where they have no peace. And that's just the opposite of what Jesus said we were to have. He said, he said in the world you're going to have great tribulation, but be of, of great joy because I have overcome the world. So we're supposed to be walking in joy. We're supposed to have the peace of God during the time that we're living in. But so many are just absorbed with all of the problems and their focus isn't right. This in the NOG says this. It says, since you were brought back to life with Christ, focus. I like that word right there. Focus on the things that are above where Christ holds the highest position. See, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. He'll correct you. He'll correct you and say, ah, don't be focused on all of that. Speak the word into it. Believe God over it. Make definite requests over it. Yes. But put your thoughts and focus your thoughts on what I've called you to do. Put your thoughts on your race and put your thoughts on what you're believing and expecting from me. God will help you to do that. If you don't, you can become so weighed down and get pulled into such a dark, heavy place that your faith won't even work. You know, I'm not um, the most savvy media person, computer person that there is. Um, I have a laptop, and I'm telling you, my whole life is on it. Anybody can relate to, I mean, all your pictures, all of my recipes, all of my study notes, all of my preaching notes, everything is on that computer. And I know just enough to just chalk it full of everything and then not really know what to do with it after that. And back in uh, 2014, I was... Um, Parker was graduating from high school and we were uh, having a party for him and I'm getting all these pictures you know off my computer for his party and my computer crashed like died and I can't tell you the feelings that came over me of just absolute terror and hopelessness because everything was on there 
And I mean, I just, I, I put my hands on that computer. I said, in the name of Jesus, everything's going to be recovered. You're going to resurrect in Jesus' name. Every picture, every preaching, you know, note, every study note will be revived in Jesus' name. And so uh, I took it to a, a computer store there in town, and he was able to revive it, praise the Lord, and take everything off of it and put it on a, on a hard drive. But he told me, he said, lady, <laughs> he said, you've got thousands of pictures on this thing. He said, you got to, like, you know, free up your computer. He said, you, you just... You just, you put so much on it that it killed it. Yeah, no more space. And I think sometimes we do that in our lives. You know what I mean? When we, when we try to think about all these things. When we try to... You know what I'm saying? When our focus is on all these things. We don't need our focus to be on all these things. We need our focus to be on the main things. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit will speak to you what those things are. He will define it for you. And if it helps you, write it down like Habakkuk says. You know, the scripture we pull out every vision Sunday. Let me read that to you. Can you put that on the screen? I was reading this. Uh, just a few weeks ago, and I mean, this just helps me. I see this in a totally different light. It says in uh, Habakkuk 2.2 in the message, it says, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that you can, it can be read on the run. I like that. See, we are in this last day. We are running our race. And we don't need our thoughts to be just scattered all over the place to where we're stressed out. There, we're in times of great stress. But that doesn't mean you have to be in stress. You can handle your thought life, hallelujah, according to the word of God and keep your focus where it needs to be. And I mean define Define your focus. Define what you should be looking at. And then as you're running your race, you can keep your eyes firmly fixed on the right things. Hallelujah. Instead of being distracted and weighed down. Um, let me give you an example of this. Are you over in Mark 5? I hope this is helping you. <laughs> this is our strategy. I said, this is our strategy to simplify. See, we got we to gotta do this or the enemy, you know, who is a master of distraction. He's the master of distraction in your life. He'll use it. He'll use the things happening around you to distract you and distract your faith. Mark 5 and verse 22. I was reading this. It's such a... Interesting story. There's so many things happening in this story of Jairus. Remember Jairus came to Jesus. His daughter was at the point of death. There's so many things here that really could have distracted 
his faith. I'm going to read this to you starting in verse 22. It says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and that she shall live. And look at verse 24. And Jesus went with him. What a relief that must have been. Because, you know, he was just taking a chance that maybe he can find Jesus. You know, how would you know where Jesus is? I mean, did they put publications out or, you know, you didn't have social media to advertise. I mean, you just kind of had to, I don't know. I mean, it was just kind of like, wow, there he is. You know, he found him and then had the opportunity to speak to him. And then what a relief that Jesus is going to come home with him and fix this situation. And it goes on to say this, and much people followed him and they were thronging him. Verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood. Remember her? And she had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had, was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, so she's looking for him too, she came in the press behind him and she touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Verse 30, and Jesus, who, by the way, is on his way to Jairus' house, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, he turned him about in the press, and he said, who touched my clothes? So he stopped. Think about Jairus here. You know, why are, I bet he's thinking, why are you stopping? You know, is your garment hung up on somebody stepping on your, you know, we need to go. But Jesus stopped and he said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, you're like, are you kidding? Thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, and I love this part, and told him all the truth. Told him the long version. You know, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. Hemi's raised Pentecostal. You know what I'm about to talk about. Testimony time. I cringed at testimony time because you've got too many people that like to hear themselves talk on a microphone. And so this part could go on like forever. And one thing that you didn't want to hear during testimony time was for somebody to get the mic and say, well, let me start at the beginning. And you're thinking, no. Oh, God, no. Don't start at the beginning. Please. 
You know, please don't tell the long version of how in 1982 I fell over a rake and hurt my back and, you know, 20, you know, doctors later. I mean, we don't want to hear all. Just tell us the miracle. Please. It's the truth. We had the long, when people balk at two-hour services, I'm like, <laughs> rookie. You are amateurs. <laughs> We've been in like all day services, you know. But that's what she did. Jesus is talking to this woman and she's giving the long version. Now think about Jairus. You know, he's thinking, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Verse 34, and when he said unto her daughter, Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Be whole of thy plague. And while he yet spake, bad news came. There came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain man which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? He's saying it's too late. Don't bother Jesus with this anymore. Just let Jesus go do what he wants to do. In verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. This really speaks to me because there's so many things going on here in this man's mind. But I love the instruction that Jesus gave. It's really life-changing. I said it's life-changing. Simplify it. And only believe. Don't let fear get a hold of you. Only believe. He pared it down to two things. And I'm going to tell you, we're, we're, we're doing our best, I believe, to walk through this time living by faith and walking by faith. And when you walk by faith, listen to me, there's things that you do and there's things that you don't do. When you walk by faith, there's things you think about and there's things you don't think about. When you walk by faith, there's things you focus on and there's things you don't focus on. And if you'll be disciplined in your thought life, those wrong thoughts will not have a chance to weigh you down. Um, let me read to you. I, it's... We're going to, we're going to, let, let me just give you a couple more scriptures. Can I do that? Let me read to you out of Luke 21 and verse 34. I wrote this down. Don't allow in or be weighed down with thoughts of fear and worry. Because they're coming. Thoughts of fear and worry are headed to a home near you. 
This verse here in Luke 21, verse 34, and they amplified it, says this. It says, but take heed. Say, take heed to yourselves. That's a good word. That's a good word for all of us. Take heed to yourself. Take heed to your spiritual life. Take heed to your body. Take heed to your mind. That's why we're talking about this. Because we can't forget about this part. Because it affects our faith. Notice it says, but take heed to yourself and be on your guard. Lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with the giddiness and headache and nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness, and look at this part, and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. See, that's what the devil would like to happen to you. Because there's a lot of worldly things going on. <laughs> a lot of unsettling things going on. But you can't let it get in you. You've got to be on your guard against it. I'm telling you, that's why I don't even watch the news anymore. Since election, not, you can't even find right information anywhere. It's just ridiculous. You have to just trust the Holy Ghost and what you pick up in prayer on a lot of it. Because if you think the news is telling you the truth, you're stupid. And we need to be praying for you. No, I meant it. Because, anyway, whatever. They want to put fear in you to control you. And so you have to recognize what these things produce in your heart. And a lot of it, you just need to disconnect from it. Because it fuels fear. It fuels, uh, you know, these, these unsettled feelings and things like that. But I want to show you over in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, and y'all know this. I know y'all know this. You've heard this preached so many times. But here's the thing. You can know something and not do it. When fear thoughts, worry thoughts come your way, you got to do more than know what to do with it. you got to deal with it. You got to deal with worry and fear thoughts that try to get in you to weigh you down. And this is the guidelines from the scriptures, our instructions on what to do with these things. 1 Peter 5 7 in the Amplified Classic, let's just put it on the screen. It says, Casting the whole of your care. Worldly cares, family cares, financial cares, cares about COVID, cares about the vaccine, cares, cares, cares. They're everywhere. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, 
There's so much anxiety right now because of the unknown. You know, we got things happening with the, the, the vaccine. We got things happening in our schools. You know, I've got, a, I've got a son in high school. And, I mean, we don't even know what the next two months are going to look like. We don't know how all these things are going to affect us, affect our children, affect our children's education and different things like that. You're saying that creates anxiety. If you sit and think on it and dwell on it and do and you don't do what the Bible teaches you to do about it, it will weigh you down. It will pull you down, pull down your faith. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries. Well, I can't help it. I can't help but worry a little bit. Yes, you can. During the worst time of your life, the most uncertain time of your life, God says you don't have to carry any worries. I feel bad for people that worry is their best friend and their habit. But I'm going to tell you, child of God, it's time to get a new habit for you. You need to get in a habit of trusting God. Get in a habit of believing God. Over all of these things, over your children, over uh, your health, over the economy, over your everything, your family that's acting cray-cray right now. I'm telling you, I'm thinking, what has happened? So much family drama. All your worries, all your concerns. Oh, I'm just so concerned. Well, cast the whole of it, look at this, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. You have to deal with it and deal with it in prayer. That's how you cast things over on the Lord that's how you cast these worries that come, cast these anxieties that come, cast these fears that come. You cast them over onto the Lord. You turn them over to him once and for all in prayer. Hallelujah. Philippians 4. I'm going to read it. Just put it on the screen if you want. Philippians 4, verse 6. I'm losing my cuff. Philippians 4, 6 in the Amplified Classic, it says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, Continue to make your wants known to God. This is how you free up your life. This is how you free up your thought life. By taking those things and dealing with them in prayer and turning them over to the Lord. Now I'm going to read to you an excerpt from Brother Kenneth e. Hagin's book, Casting Your Cares 
on the Lord. I cannot recommend a book more than the book Casting Your Cares Upon the Lord. I have read it so many times, given out all my copies. I don't even know what copy I'm on now. I've had so many of these. But he talks about this and gives an example of Philippians 4, 6. And this has helped me so much. His, his testimony of how he took Philippians 4, 6 and applied this to an area of worry in his life. Will you listen to me real close? It's not long. But this is his example, and, and, and I want to show you how you turn something over to the Lord in prayer. He was talking about he was going through a time in his life where he was worrying about something. He said, I got down by my bed, and I read these verses in Philippians 4, 6, the one we just read, do not fret, don't fret or fear or have any anxiety about anything. That's God speaking. But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. He said, I got down by my bed and I read these verses to the Lord. And he said, I said to him, see, you told me right here, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do what you told me to do. You said in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. So I'm bringing this problem to you and I'm turning it over to you and now I'm going to thank you for the answer and I'm going to go to bed. Because now you've got it and you work on it while I'm asleep. I mean, I just love that. I have read this so many times. I'm bringing this problem to you, Lord. See, things come, worries come, problems come, fears come, and we think, 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 thinking we're going to think our way out of it. Or think our way into an answer. Or think our way into victory. Or think our way into peace. Or think our way into joy. You're not. You got to turn it over to him so you don't have it anymore. He said, I'm bringing this problem to you. I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you for the answer. You've got it. Good night. Work on it while I sleep. Now he went on to say this. How many has done that before? Well, you'll, <laughs> you'll identify with this next part. He said, I'd wake up in the middle of the night at first and that problem would hit me again. And I'd start thinking about it. So I couldn't go back to sleep. How many of you have ever been there? Where you take the care back. Listen to what he did. He said, so I got up out of bed again. So you got to be serious 
about handling your thought life correctly. You got to see the importance of this so that you'll do what he got up out of the bed. I'm going to go deal with this. I'm not taking this back. I'm going to go deal with this. How many of you ever did that with your kids before? You're sitting on the couch. You're tired. They're acting dumb. They need to be disciplined. And you're just so tired that you go, quit it. Stop. Please stop. And what do they do? They keep doing it. Until you get up off the couch with that crazy look in your eye. (laughs) And then you actually deal with it. Maybe the devil ought to see you come at him that way. Uh-oh, they got out the bed with a crazy look in their face. To deal with it. He goes, I got up out of bed. And I got back on my knees. And I opened my Bible. Listen to this. To Philippians 4, 6. And I read it to the Lord. And I read it to myself. And I'd say, there it is, Lord. I'm not going to take it back. The devil is trying to bring it back to me. He brought me a picture of it this time but it's your problem you keep working on it I'm going back to sleep now now he said this he said I had a little struggle there for a day or two see we ah, well it just doesn't work listen stay with it don't take it back don't take those thoughts back give it to the Lord where you don't have it anymore He said, I had a struggle there for a day or two, but I got it over into his hands and I rested and he worked it all out. I'm telling you, that's an answer. Get it over in his hands and then you rest with your little peace thoughts and joy thoughts. And then he will work it out for you. Handle your thoughts correctly during this time. There's a verse. I'm just going to read it to you. I hope you got something out of this. Hebrews 12.1. I love this. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us the weight many times for believers isn't some sin you know what I mean I tell you I've come too far to be so dumb in a lot of things but I tell you where we are all sometimes susceptible If we don't put the proper boundaries, it's on our thought life. It's on our thought life. We let our guard down for one day. (laughs) One day. 
And I mean, within 30 minutes, we're like, <laughs> what's the use? I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to give up. I don't see anything changing. We've got to be on guard. Take heed to yourselves. Watch your thought life. Watch that nothing gets in there to weigh you down. No worries, no cares, no anxieties. Amen. It's, I'm telling you, it's the trick of the devil. So many Christians are brought down in that area. But we're strong in the Lord. We're strong through the revelation of his word. We see here how the enemy likes to work. And we're going to say, not me. I'm going to be a professional at turning things over to the Lord. I'm back. Family's gone crazy. I'm turning them over to you. I'm turning them over to you. And I'm going to thank you that you are working in their life. Thank you that they're saved. Thank you that they're not crazy anymore. And I'm going to go to bed. And I'm going to let you work on them while I go to sleep. Telling you, it works. God is able to do more when you turn it over to him. <laughs> Amen. But we got to walk by faith during this time and guard our faith. Guard that nothing weighs us down. Amen. Did you get anything out of that tonight? I know that was quick. But I tell you, that's, that's just really where uh, the Lord's just been ministering to me. And I'm just so thankful for it because I want to I be, uh, there's something powerful about being single-minded. There really is. There's something powerful about being single-focused on what you should be. You know, there was, there was um, a minister by the name of Dr. Lester Sumrall, and one of the most powerful things about him is he knew how to magnify what was important. You know what I'm saying? He knew how to magnify what was important. What was important to him was what God had called him to do. Things just didn't get to him. I mean, he had a, a, a really a blowing and going, you know, television sta Christian television station. And um, one day he was flying back to the States. And while he's in the air flying from India or wherever he was at, it burnt to the ground. And so, you know, his sons, you know, they're all thinking, oh, you know, Dad's fixing to land, and how do we tell him, you know, that the TV station <laughs> burned down? And, you know, so they met him on the tarmac, and, you know, we've got bad news. And, and they said the TV station burnt to the ground, and he goes, we'll build another one. And he just walked his car and <laughs> drove home. And you know what? That's what he did. They built another one. You're saying, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta just trust God. And not let things get to us. You know what I mean? And just approach everything with such an attitude of faith and attitude of, of joy and, and peace. We were talking about this other night at the Bible study. There's a missionary that was uh, sharing. You know, he, he said, you know, the, the American church, he's, he's from a missionary from the Middle East. He said, he said, the American church, he said, everybody's just going crazy over 
the things that are happening in America. And he goes, I, I understand that, you know, you need to stand against those things. He goes, but he said, our church has been burned and raided and <laughs> people have gone to prison. And he said, we just kind of have a come what may faith. We just kind of have a come what may joy. An attitude that, you know, whatever, whatever comes, we're going to trust God through it. And God's going to see us through. He said, our churches get burned down. He goes, we're persecuted. We just build another church. Our church gets raided. We just keep going to church. We just, we just keep pressing through with faith and joy and peace. And we just never stop. And I just love that. You know, when you have that kind of attitude, things just kind of roll off of you. That's kind of how I took it. We got to have a just, you know, a, a faith in God where we just let things roll off of us instead of getting our little think tank and think about it so long that we're depressed and down and ready to give up. Come back, Jesus. Well, he's not coming back yet. There's a harvest to be won. Amen. I don't know about you, I'm ready to run my race, run it with faith, and finish it. And my prayer, it literally is to stand before him and hear, well done thou good and faithful servant. I really, I live for that. And that day's coming. It's coming. It's so real to me but I don't want to weigh myself down to where I can't finish. Amen. Amen. I pray you got something out of that tonight. Let's just lift up our hearts and let's thank God. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Thank you that it is a, a guideline for us. There's so much instruction to help us. And we receive the help. I do. I receive that help. It has ministered so greatly to me. It's helped me to run lighter. And I just believe that this church, we're going to run our race. We're going to run lighter. No cares, no worries, no anxiety, no overthinking things, but just a clear vision, a clear focus on what we're to accomplish and do during this time, a clear focus on what we're expecting you to do in our lives and in our families and in the earth. We're not distracted and we're not weighed down and we're not overburdened and we're not depressed and full of stress in a time of great stress. There ain't no stress on us because we're going to think right. We're going to believe you and we're going to trust you. In Jesus' name we give you praise. And everybody said...